Welcome to the Everyday Sniper. You got Frank at Sniper's Hide here. Uh, Mike's back at Mile High working. Hey, y'all, uh, just quick follow-up and notes from the last two. Uh, that's stereo. I get it. Some of you guys are listening. It, I got to figure out some of the hardware stuff. If I put in both microphones, it wouldn't let me go to mono. Um, I guess I can convert. I got to figure that out. I, I'm still learning some of this uh, Adobe Audition software. It's super robust, but at the same time, you have to follow a certain path. And some guys were saying they want to listen to it on one ear. And I do record it in mono 99% of the time. But as soon as I plugged in the second mic, it didn't give me the option. I got I got a fix coming. It's on the way. It'll probably be here today, if not tomorrow. So when Mike and I work together, one of the things is, even with the way the microphones are set up, if I do one mic that... I speak so loud and Mike talks kind of quiet. Mike talks like this versus me who blows the speakers out. So what happens is I can't set one mic up really for him and I to work together without it giving us this really wide dynamic range. So um, that's one of the things with the stereo with that. But I'll, I'll correct that mistake. That's a definitely a lesson learned on don't do the stereo. Uh, so we, you, won't, you won't get that happen again. We'll fix it. I, I got it sorted out. I'm also trying to work with that because when I bring in somebody to record a, um, an interview, I don't want to have that same issue of that really bad interviewee sound and really good Frank sound. So I'm kind of playing hardware-wise right now, learning the audio hardware. It's a learning curve like anything else. I have really good hardware, but at the same time, it's getting it into the computer a certain way so that way I can convert the signals in, in, in so you get really nice sound out of it. So that's, that's number one. Number two, I want to thank everybody for signing up and for listening. Uh, our numbers are going through the roof here. This podcast is, is really taking off in a positive way. The iTunes thing, it still says submitted for review. They emailed me and said that my images were good. Everything was good. Nothing moved. I don't know what the hell Apple is doing with iTunes. This was submitted on January 19th. And so, <laughs> Gary, 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 he want, Gary, wanted, Gary did the, 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 Everyday Snipers, the Goodfella uh, fan art. It's pretty awesome. It looks good. We got it up on Facebook. So if, you, if you're on Facebook, go check it out. Gary's fan art. He wants me to do the Joe Pesci. The, what, 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 wait a minute. He's a, he's a big... He knows what he says. Let him talk. What, am I a clown for you? What, do I amuse you? What, what, you know, what the fuck is so funny about me? No, I, I, I got to go watch it again to get the, the, the lines down. But Gary, I will do it for you. Let me go. I have it on iTunes down in, in the room uh, on my on my ITV or whatever you call it, Apple TV. I have Goodfellas on there. I'll go watch it and, and, and I'll get the line right and, and then I'll come back and, and I'll bring it to you guys. <laughs> so we'll definitely make sure we take care of a little Joe Pesci for Gary out there and some of the other guys. I mean, we're having fun with this. I want to entertain you guys while you're working as well, be throwing some information bombs at you. Speaking of which, I hope you guys like that fundamental stuff. It's tough to talk about these things and not show you. 
you know, I'd almost rather do this video-wise, but video is so much more effort and time and drive to be on the range where I could do the podcast a, a, a lot quicker and easier. So we'll keep giving you some of these knowledge bombs. Keep asking us questions. I'm going to answer some of them today because we got some good ones on the app. Um, the first one I want to jump right into is, and let me get his name out of here. With, with, with the app, uh, let me figure out how to get to this uh, comments here. I'm, I'm not too hip with all of this. But somebody – oh, so the got a guys that come on to the comments and say uh, that you can uh, – the flow meter, the weather meter from Ballistic Arc doesn't need a headphone jack. I guess there's a Bluetooth version. I thought you had to put that flow meter into the headphone jack. I knew there was like a Bluetooth element to it. But I didn't. I haven't looked at it in ages. I only remember the original ones from the weather flow meter. I wasn't sure how they mounted it, and I thought it was mounted on the phone to use the phone. But guys are saying you, if you spend eighty-four bucks, you get the Bluetooth version or something like that. Um, I know there's ways of Bluetoothing it, but anyway. So just so you know, the the weather meter. But Bobby, Bobby's asking real questions now. He's not accusing me of drinking. Okay, Bobby, I'm going to answer this for you. Bobby wants to know about zeroing your rifle, and I'm going to jump right into that. We we did mention this on one of the other podcasts. I don't know what it is, but I want to bring it up this way. So rifle zeroing, here's the deal. Unless your scope has a specific reticle that asks you, to zero at a different distance, like 200 yards. Today, you always want to zero at 100 yards. Less effects of weather and wind, okay? Everything is up from 100 yards. If you have a 200-yard zero, you have to come down. If you're at 100 yards, everything is up, including your shots inside 100 yards. If you were taking a shot at 25 yards, you would still dial up, okay? You'd put on like your six to 700 yard dope. That will get you point of aim, point of impact at 25 yards. At 100 yards, everything is always up. Now here's the other thing with rifle zeros. If your scope can and is not limited by elevation in zero at 100, by you zeroing at any other distance, you gain nothing. You lose more than you gain. Because if your rifle will zero at 100 and you don't, you're basically throwing away that elevation that you had. It doesn't kind of stack in reserve. The only way it works is if you can't zero at 100 and you have to then zero at the next shortest range, then you're gaining that elevation back. That's what the ELR guys do. They put on like a 60-minute base they can't zero at 100, so they'll zero at distance. Back in the day, and again, this is all historical. This is all old wives bullshit from 1978. Our scopes had limited elevation. A lot of the scopes hunting, stuff like that, mine only had 45 minutes of elevation, which doesn't get you very far. You put it halfway in the middle, you're only getting 22 up, 22 down. You know what I mean? So you're zeroed in the center of the scope, or the scope is optically zeroed. You put it on a flat base. You only get half that elevation. When you put it on a 20-minute base, 
then you get that 20 minutes back, which gives you out of that 45, you get 45 minutes. So guys didn't have elevation. So they zeroed at 200 or so, trying to get in their point blank range, zero range. So they were really only, it's, it was a hunting thing. Maybe I got a target at 70. Maybe I got a target at 250. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play in the middle of the radical and I'm going to hold. That's why they zeroed at 200 yard. They were looking at that for that point blank range zero. My, my 300 Norma, which I've shot to 2,500 yards, my 338s all have 100 yard zeros because the scopes on those rifles are set up to not only work at 100, but to give me point of aim, point of impact dialed out to distance, okay? So I lose nothing with a 100-yard zero. What I gain is the stability in the shot. There's no wind issue with it. There's no elevation. Now, 200 yards, still a little short. You don't get much elevation. But if you're traveling a lot and you're going into big swings like me, I'm at 5,000 feet here. If I go to sea level, I might see a tweak. Zero at 100. All right, Bobby, don't listen to those guys that say you need a 200-yard zero. That's wrong. Unless you're using some kind of ballistic reticle that starts at 200, you want to zero at 100, okay? Oh, you know, kind of a good historical to go back to these reticles. Night Force had the velocity reticle, right? It was designed where you would say, okay, my bullet's muzzle velocity is this quick. If I use this reticle, I'm pretty short, and they'll have like a velocity reticle number. That was supposed to be this sort of point of aim, point of impact, uh, impact to like a thousand yards holdover almost like a Horus but designed for your cartridge BDC type what you would do with that reticle is you'd zero it like at 100 200 depending on which one you had then you take it to the middle so if it was a thousand yard velocity reticle you'd go to 500 yards the goal was to then zero it and fine-tune the 500-yard line so it was point of aim, point of impact very well using the turret. Then everything closer was, was tighter, and everything farther didn't ver, uh, deviate so much. And how the BDC worked for that was is when you had changes in elevation, changes in atmosphere, changes that required something where people say the BDC no longer works, you would then dial it and correct it with the turret and then use that BDC reticle to hold over. Same thing if you're doing a hunting rifle or something like that. If you have a BDC type reticle and if it has distance holdovers, zero it at 100 or 2, wherever it says to zero, fine, but then fine tune it in the middle of the range, okay? And tighten up that center part of the reticle so that way there the ends are a little bit better. Because that's the downfall of a BDC reticle, okay? And then you can't switch bullets and yada, yada, yada. But today, modern scopes, the whole thing, we're, we're talking, you know, you want that 100-yard zero. That's what you're looking to do. That's the best way to operate, especially Bob's talking about here. Bobby, Bobby G, Bobby G's talking about, um, he's using a Ruger 6.5 Creed. Dude, from 100 yards, your 6.5 Creed's going to have a zero with even probably the worst scope out there. I don't know what scope you're running, but you're probably still point of aim, point of impact, just dialing it up to 11, 1,200 yards with your 6.5 Creed, okay? On a, on a flat base, 
You know, you put 20 minutes of it, you're going to extend your range. Remember, that that ad, that 20 minutes is, is – think of the scope this way. If they advertise – like I said, let's go with 60. If they advertise 60 minute of elevation, when you scope – when you open the box and you take the scope out of the box, you got 30 up and 30 down. That what gives you your 60. If you just put it on a flat base, you're only going to have access – to a little less than that 30, because it usually takes you to that three to four minutes, somewhere in there, five, six, depends on the rifle, caliber, yada, yada, yada. You're going to use five or six of that up to zero, whatever. Uh, JBM even has an option to tell you what it is. Well, then you're going to get all the rest. So let's say 25 to the good. If you put a 20 minute base on it, you're putting 20 minutes back on top of that. So you're taking out of that 30 down, 20 of it back to you to use, and that gives you that 10 that's left in reserve. Okay, so now you you put a 20 minute base on your rifle on your rifle with a scope with 60 minutes of total elevation. You're gonna have uh, 50 up and 10 down if you do it that way. And that's kind of the right way to go. Now, there's people who tell you, well, I want it in the middle more. I don't want to, you know, crush the springs. And, and there's a whole bunch of justifications that people use. Don't listen to them. That's how these things work. You put 20 minutes on. 20 minutes is a safe bet any way you look at it. Um, if you're doing the, 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 the higher rev scopes, the Schmidt and Benders, 26 mils, the Night Forces, 28 32 vortexes 28 32 then you're going to want a 40 minute base because that's going to put you closer to the middle that 26 mil and and that's like your bare minimum in there with the, the higher revs it usually goes from 26 on up that's giving you about 96 moa a 40 is the middle which means i want to get half of that back and put to the positive and that's why I have a Schmittenbender on my rifle. I can have a 40-minute base on it, and I get 100% of my elevation and can have 100 yards zero and still hit a mile target, dialing it. I don't have to hold. I don't have to do anything crazy. Usually, you start running out around 2,000 to 2,200 uh, yards depending on the rifle caliber, scope, etc. If you're 26, you're running out about 2,000. If you're 32, you're running out about 2,200 and so on. So Bobby, from 100 yards zero, depending on the scope you're using, you can shoot to a mile with that 100 yard zero. I do. I've taken 6.5 Creeds to a mile from 100 yard zero. Okay, that's where, like I said, less win. I'm repeating myself, I know, but that's what it... Now, speaking of scopes... I just got a good kind of deal in from George Gardner at GA Precision. I want to thank George. He sent me over one of these Bushnell Elites, the LRHS, the hunting scope. Bushnell did this special run for GA Precision, and they knocked out a whole bunch of them. And they're doing this deal for George Gardner uh, there where he's actually giving these, and these are the older scopes with the uh, hunting reticle with that fast focus circle. It's a decent reticle. It's got a big ghost ring on it for if you're powered down. It's a 4 to 18 power tactical hunting crossover scope 
that retails for sixteen hundred bucks, give or take. He's selling them at GA Precision for to uh, eight hundred dollars, so they're half off. And with it for eight hundred bucks, you also get a Leatherman MUR tool, a uh, really nice Leatherman rifle shooting you fix your gun tool. Um, you get both of them for eight hundred dollars. If you don't want the Leatherman tool, which that's kind of silly, it's seven fifty. But call GA Precision. Call, talk to Super Kenny when you call GA. Here's the deal: if you want this scope for eight hundred bucks, and it's a good deal, you call up. You say, "Hey, GA Precision here, Super Kenny. I want to talk to Super Kenny," and say, "Frankie, Frankie G over at Sniper's Hide, because I'm doing Goodfellas now, so I'm Frankie G today." Frankie G says, "Call up Super Kenny." Ask for this Bushnell deal. They'll hook you guys right up. I think they got them there in stock. They had a big run of them. Once they blow these out, I think they're done. Uh, They're changing the design. I think there's a new version of this exact same scope. But uh, once um, these are gone, they're gone. But at 800 bucks, if you need a... Uh, They do focus down to 25 yards, I believe. So 22 guys, you could probably get some good work out of them with the 22. Reticle might be a tick thick for a 22, but try it, man. If you're going to do these 22 league stuff, $800 Bushnell scope, good warranties, the whole thing. It's, It's definitely worth checking out. But GA Precision has them. George sent me one. Thank you again, George. I'm going to put it on uh, actually the Gap AR-10. I'm doing that uh, 185 load with McCourt once this wind. Holy cow, guys. Is this wind and weather crazy? Uh, Frig, man. We've been doing averaging like 20 miles an hour for the last two days. It's just calming down today. I I had breakfast this morning with Neil. Hey, Neil, what's going on? He He didn't know about the podcast. I told him, so hopefully he finds it. Um, he's a British airway pilot and, uh, I asked him, I said, how was landing in Denver yesterday? He was like, oh my God, Denver landing, yeah! uh, uh, they they were, their warning they were given was 65 knots. When he hit the ground here, he was at, uh, 48 knots. And so that was our wind in, um, in, in Denver and yesterday. So I haven't even gotten out to go do any of this stuff because man the wind is uh, weather's otherwise has been nice to get out here i want to like i said i want to mount this scope up and um i want to take care of that but damn this wind has been insane i can't get anything done on the range when it's just so strong like this you know um oh another thing another one another one another one remember this name man barry d barry d of buckingham university Barry D, Buckingham University. You know what Barry D's saying? NASA is hiding the fact there's fossil evidence on Mars. Okay, dudes? Fossilized evidence on Mars. Okay? I ho- I can't wait for the new season of Ancient Aliens, man, where, where, where my buddy Giorgio is going to spill the beans on this stuff. I wish I was actually... I'm going to Alaska. They got like an alien con or whatever the heck it is, like a comic con for ancient alien people in uh california in june but damn if i'm not gonna be at the cup in the uh in the training in alaska so i can't go to alien con and talk about aliens i'm kind of bummed i won't be able to see like giorgio and eric von daniken and that was at david childress and those guys i i want to go down to like peru and see the nazca lines and all that stuff and, and 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 check out those places but uh 
yeah, man, they're hiding it from us. This stuff's coming up. Pretty soon, we're going to have alien people out there. So check that out. All right, so Bobby, I hope that got your answer. 100 yards, zero. Don't let anyone tell you any different unless your scope specifically asks for it. And usually it's a hunting scope, requires a BDC, and they'll tell you to, to zero at another place. One other thing, point to bring across with the scopes. Here's the deal. You're going to hunt. You're, you're going to go to your spot, and, and you know you can look it up. You can do all the same stuff. Say you got a crossover rifle. Say you're going to hunt with your RPR. Set up at your at your hide site, wherever it may be, and all you have to do is dial your point blank range into the scope, even from 100 yards zero. If you need to have that 200 yard on there, just 0.5. Your 6.5 Creed, dude, 0.3 to 0.5. That's 200 yards. So two two m away, 0.3 to 0.5. Done deal. You got you got the same exact thing. You're just taking it off, putting it on instead of having it on and running from that. But you you can do everything they're talking about from 100 yards zero. Don't let them fool you. Don't let them bully you into something you don't need to do. 100 yards, 100 yards, 100 yards, unless it's scope dependent. Okay, guys, that's that's my tip bit on zeroing your rifle. Uh, another pod bean question we got here. I'm going to go through. Um, the benefit of Molly. There's no benefit of Molly in 2005. Um, there's no benefit of Molly to begin with, which is why it didn't last. It's a lot of work for a, not a lot of, uh, you know, uh, return on investment. Some guys are using that other now. The the bore. There's the the tubs got the what is it? The hydrogen. Some I don't know what it's called. H something. I don't see any benefit for what we're doing to coat your bullets. Don't see it. Don't. I mean. If you're going to try to stretch your barrel life by an extra 500 rounds or speed something up or do something, it's a commitment. If you're going to go to Molly Wan, it's a commitment. Everything's got to be. It's got to be swiped clean, conditioned. Molly, it's don't waste your time with Molly. Um, not for what we do. I don't see it. Honestly, I don't see any benefit of it uh, with it um, to Molly coat. So... No, that's like so 2005. Uh, <laughs> Duran, Duran. Here's here's another. I, so I was at breakfast with Neil this morning. I'm coming back and I'm listening to the NASCAR channel, right? And they were playing Duran, Duran. So they're listening to us, the NASCAR guys. How you guys doing? Um, they're listening to us. They're picking up. Last year, here's here's a little fun fact. Last year when NASCAR flipped over to NBC versus Fox. NBC had two little video promo things. They were the exact same templates that I used. They copied Sniper's Hide, both of them. What are the odds that the two templates that I was using for my videos? You know, I got that sort of the orangey, bluey, gray, the one that's kind of the 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 um the the staticky one, and then it's got the 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 uh, the got the lower third but it's to the side and and it's it's off to the left side and it's got that like bluish orange gray opening that i do in my videos they copied that and then i had the other one that was like the four panel that opened that had the 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 play and pause button they copied that i mean there are thousands of templates from the same website that i use what are the odds that the nascar people copied the exact two templates that frank was using 
no coincidence. They totally saw my videos. They totally copied what my deal was. So trailblazing again, NASCAR watching what Frank's doing. And while I'm ranting, I posted a little interesting, it's a mini rant, small R rant. So I'm going to go over to Sniper's Hide and I'm going to go in the competition section because this came, to, matches started, right? We, we, we were talking about this, that matches started, um, you know, for the new season. February, Rif, uh, Rifles Only had the Bushnell Brawl uh, last weekend and stuff like that. Well, there was a matches last weekend as well or just this past weekend. And people, you know, I did the letter and I did this sort of like the PRS people were watching you. <laughs> There's some funny stuff going on with that. Uh, believe me, it, 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 this this is not what it's making. It's a whole separate issue. But trust me, information come across my desk about the PRS that just made me burst out laughing out loud okay it's it's so classic typical but that's not what i'm going to get into and i really don't want to talk about it right now but if you knew what i knew right now you you if you didn't sit up and go what the fuck you should be but anyway so guys guys are watching and, and they'll contact me when things look a little odd or something's not quite right looking for either clarification or hey how does this work so i over the weekend a member, and, I, and I'll just call him Mr. D. Mr. D noticed something. There was a, there was a match. Uh, it was an NRL, no big deal. That, that has neither here nor there. But there was a, a precision rifle match, and it had a super squad. Really good shooters in it. Like, they were all lumped together. All the best guys were, 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 were in the same squad. And he happened to notice the scores were higher, and, and there was, like, this thing going on. He's like, so... Mr. D goes through the effort, and I posted it on Sniper's Hide. Ten squads, roughly 80, 90 shooters. He, by squad, took 12 stages and averaged 10 squads with 12 stages to determine the squad average. Okay? Crunched all the numbers. We showed the work. I mean, we're talking common core math here. You can see it. Go check it out. You know, it's, it's written out. It's in detail. And the super squad had seven shooters where seven to eight to nine, there was a couple sixes, and there's actually one squad, squad nine, with six shooters is still pretty high. But there's some glaring issues here. So the super squad with seven shooters, the average, the average point per stage per squad was 3.6 points, okay? This one squad averaged 6.4. The next highest squad is 4.9. So the average is 3.6. The lowest is 3.09. The next highest is 4, or you know, the next one high is 4.93. Then you get the 6.44. So we got 3.0. Then it, you know, it goes from three to three six, three four, three seven, you know, four one, four one, four nine is the highest, and then it jumps to the super squad, six point four. Now, straight up, nobody's saying they cheated. I'm not saying these guys cheated. What I'm saying is 
is this an individual sport or is this a team sport? Because your squad can matter. If you guys are working as a team, there's a way to manipulate these numbers by saying, hey, you know, Jay's in our squad. He's a good shooter. He's doing great today. Tomorrow, we're not going to let Jay shoot first unless it's kind of an easy stage. Instead, Jay might shoot third or fourth or last because he's going to let us be win dummies as well. If we all go to each other and say, hey, four or five of us are going to go shoot this match and four or five of us are using the same bullet, same close speeds, same information, we now can work together and they have a no coaching rule, but the no coaching rule is bullshit because it's no coaching on the clock. However, I can walk off the stage and say, hey man, add point two to number target number three. Hold point four wind on the 800 yard target. Go over here and when you're going to shoot this uh, barricade or this uh, obstacle, Figure to the left more because you could see the target better than if you're right here where everybody else has been shooting it. Move over one foot to the left. Do this, do that. There's ways of, of deconstructing the stage and relaying that information to your squad mate. Dude, these are individual matches. We've gotten so far away from that because of the teams that if you're going to these events by yourself or as a new shooter or only with like two of you guys who are going to, hey man, we're going to do a guy trip. We're going to learn it. We never did it before. You and I will show up and we wind up in a, in, a, in a lesser squad with more new people. We may struggle. But if we're in a, if you see a super squad rocking this thing, like there's a couple stages here where the majority of people got zeros except for the super squad where the stage where the average score was 1.3 or less, like 0, 0 0.4, 0 0.42, 1.3, there's a 3, a 0, 1.4, and then 3.2. The super squad rocked it because they can work. Match directors, randomize the squads. Put those super squad guys with new shooters. Don't give them an advantage they already have due to their experience. Make them go out there. Here's the deal. If guys are showing up with their buddies and they want to work together, I get that. That's good. But if you're an experienced guy, you shouldn't have buddies like that anymore as far as a match director is concerned. Okay? You shouldn't be putting teams together. Don't let people pick their squads anymore. They figured out how to game matches. They know if I go to this match, I'll get higher points for the finale versus going to this match. It's it's in black and white. They've already seen it. They know, like, if you go here to, to facility A and you come in fifth, you're going to be really good shape. You can come here to facility B, come in second, and have less points than your fifth place score at facility A. They know this already. They figured it out. Same thing with squads. They figured out how to play the squads to their favor. Randomize the squads for people. Okay, Split these good experienced shooters up. Intermix them with new people. To f Well, number one, it'll get you out there more experience. Like I said, it's a mini rant. It's not a you're doing it wrong. And, and I talk about some historical stuff going back. 
I started, you know, I shot a lot of the early ASCs, Allegheny Sniper Challenge, okay, West Virginia. We, we a bunch of us stopped shooting them in 2007 because there was treat a uh, cheating drama. It blew up. It got crazy after 2007. A bunch of us stopped shooting it. Well, the squad we used to do everything by committee. We range the target because at ASC you no lasers, no this. You're supposed to use your spotter, range a target, two shots only, all these different things. By you know the third match, I'm shooting a seven wisdom. George Gardner, who built it, is shooting a seven wisdom. Jeff Badley, who's a team gap guy, is shooting a seven wisdom. We already know what we're gonna do and how we're gonna do it. Who's shooting first? Who's shooting second? Who's gonna figure? Hey man, George is doing better today. I'm going to go before you. I'll get it. When I know what it is, I'll come back and say, George, point one. Because we're all friends. We're all buddies. So it's like, hey, man, I'm not going to be in contention today to win, but you are. I'm going to help my friend win. And that's, that's, I get it, man. That is, that's to be expected. That There is nothing untoward about wanting to see your buddy succeed. I'm not putting that down. I'm not saying it. I've done it myself. I, NorCal, I was going to a match in NorCal last minute. Vu put me on a squad that actually would have been an easier squad. And in terms of timing, I would have shot the worst part of that match in the best part of the day. In, in what he did, because he knew this, Vu was familiar. He had the squad of rock stars shooting that hardest part of the match at the hardest part of the day. I switch squads to be with those guys. We're shooting similar bullets, calibers. They're friends of mine, like-minded people. I specifically put myself at a bit of a disadvantage because I wanted to be in a squad with these other guys, which puts me at an advantage in process, right? Because I can now work with more information because we're all like-minded. We know each other. We, we, we're shooting similar stuff. So I've been there, I've done this, I've gone back to the day we used to do this. So I, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying things have evolved. Randomize your squad as a match director. Don't let these guys take advantage of these things in front of new people. Put new people with experienced people so they can learn something. Make it a pro-am in your squad designations. That's all I'm saying. Not accusing these guys of cheating. I'm going right on the record, right up straight, telling you right now. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is it allows them to game it better than the rest. Okay? It allows them to converse. It allows them to, to strategize. It allows them to adjust quicker because they see it sooner. And that gives them that advantage. You know, and, and here's the deal. People say, well, I'm sharing gear. Oh, you know, he, he's got the tripod. We're sharing it. Too bad. Everybody's got them. They're everywhere. It, 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 there's going to be somebody in your squad with that piece of kit you can borrow. I mean, the only time that I've ever seen it work differently is like that uh, local match I was telling you when, when a guys were sharing their AI bolts. Okay? That's a legitimate thing. If you're a father and a daughter or a father and a son and your son's a junior you know, daughter, whatever. They're under 18. Let them shoot together. I get that. But if you're Joe Rockstar in the series 
and you're another Joe Rockstar in a series, and you're the third Joe Rockstar in the series, and you're the fourth Joe Rockstar in the series, you guys shouldn't be in the same squad. You know? Unless there's some, like, mortal enemy kind of deal where they'll check and balance each other, which really isn't happening. Um, you know, but the teams... Here's, here's, here's my deal. Is it a team sport or an individual sport? Because we're shooting it like an, a team sport, but we're calling it an individual match and we're rewarding the individual. Meanwhile, we all know this is happening like a team, as part of a team. It's a group effort. It, 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 needs, it needs an adjustment. This stuff's changing, man. There's, there's opportunity coming up again. It's it's not all it's it's not all roses. I you know the NRL guys are doing better, like I mentioned, and and they're kind of on an upward trend. But I I kind of say to them because this this paper I have is from an NRL match. Randomize the squads. That's that's all I'm I'm saying to you. You you'll 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 fare better when people reach out to me to say, hey Frank, and this is what they do it all the time. I, believe me. People, ask, oh, how did you know? I they they all want to tell me. Hey man, I ran these numbers. I crunched these numbers. What do you think of what I see? Yeah, you're absolutely right. It doesn't mean they're cheating, but it does mean they're working together. It's an individual match. It's an individual sport. Adjust it if you want to play it as a team event. You know what I mean? Be a team event if you're going to be a team event. So I'm having a team event, June June second, Colville, team event. Because it helps people, and we know that's how it's working. It's a field course, support, all the thing. But mini rant, small r. Think about this stuff. Look at it because other people are looking too. That's that's my that's my small r rant for the day. So um, you could check that out. I put there's a little more detail, but nothing crazy um, in in the precision rifle competition section. Although that'll probably be changing. Um, yeah. Anyway, that that's kind of where we're going with that. I honestly think, man, like it, it's night and day with these local matches. Keep hitting up these local matches. Local match, local match. This weekend coming up is Pawnee. I don't know. Weather is looking pretty crazy, guys. I'm not sure what's gonna go on. I mean, I, I was I was checking it out the other day. I almost think that our weather's gonna be shit come Sunday, Saturday rather. What, what, what do we got going on for Saturday? Mr. Bill. Yep, Saturday, Saturday our, our rain's dropping off. It's kind of going down, but dang, if the wind isn't going to be 20 miles an hour out there. It's just partly cloudy and wind. Weather underground saying wind. It's been nothing but psycho winds out here. Let me tell you, um, it's, it's, it's tough to do some kind of workload development-wise and different things that's going on um, when, when the wind is just so damn crazy like it's been. And speaking of that, I, uh, there's there's been some question coming up with, with like the primes and, and a lot of guys, you know, we were talking about going with these lighter bullets and doing these different things and people were asking me about the prime ammo. We There's been, here's the deal, on all the rifles I shoot and a lot of mine are just straight up Sammy Spec Reamer, you know, not anything crazy. I average between 18 and 15 feet per second SD with prime ammo. If you see something wildly outside of that, either your rifle doesn't like it or something is up with with it. I, I rarely, I, mean, I think the worst I've seen is in the in the 22 range. Okay, 
Now, Hornaday's in that exact same range. It, again, it depends on your rifle, the reamer, how they cut it, and what's going on. But if you're looking at muzzle velocity numbers, now, muzzle velocity will be slow. Factory ammo is in the slow node, okay? And it could be 50, it could be 100, it could be 150 feet per second slower than one might like. I get that. I deal with that quite a bit, speed-wise. But my accuracy is there, and my SDs aren't really over that. Like I said, like for 308, prime ammo is an SD of 8. Why would I even reload 308 other than like the 185s and doing something heavier where I'm trying to reach a speed? But with a 175, it's going 2550, a little on the slow side for what I'm shooting at Adam. But with an SD of 8 and it's, you know, 3 eighths minute accurate, that's money. If you're seeing big variations, try another lot or a box from another lot. If you talk to Jim at Prime, I know he's been working with a lot of people because I've had a couple people come up and say, oh, I got a SD of 200 with Prime. It's like, whoa, whoa, that's crazy. Something's wrong. I mean, even like I said, Hornaday is great stuff. I have zero. I don't see that with Hornaday. You got to wonder who cut the chamber to what if you're seeing with factory ammo big swings and craziness like that today and i'm going to be doing an article on factory ammo because I've, I've gotten this question come up quite a bit factory ammo is such money today i mean you look at federal gold medal match what most people consider the gold standard right that's what everything's compared to now because i shoot so much prime prime's my standard all right i i compare everything to prime it's it's more variety for me to play with in that that 6.5 and 260, 7.62, or um, the 77 grain 223 is really good. The the 300 Norma we've shot, or not Norma, yeah. The uh, the 338 Lapua, you know, all that stuff has been working really well for me. It, it Again, it doesn't have the like the hand load money velocity I would like, but it's got the accuracy and it's got the simplicity that I'm looking for. I could pick a box up, go, and I know I'm going to... And the other thing, the way it's set up, it carries its accuracy out really, really well. Like if I'm shooting 3 8 at 100, I shoot 3 8 with it at 1,000. You know, I don't see it fall off that far, you know, and it always treats me really... I mean, that's why I shoot it. Let's face it this way. If, I, if it didn't shoot, I wouldn't use it. You know what I mean? I could go to Hornaday. I can go to a Federal. I can go to any of these other manufacturers. But I'm shooting Prime for a reason because it shoots well for me. And I understand where I'm compromising. But if you're seeing big crazy swing numbers, you really got to look at the, the hardware and what's going on behind it because I haven't seen it. Now, there could be a bad box here or there. Try a different one from a different lot. If, if that doesn't solve the problem, then it's just your gun's not set up for it. But factory ammo today is doing such great things. I don't hesitate to shoot it. I like it for traveling. It makes life easier. You could pick it up in, in, in the store. I mean, maybe not Prime, but like Hornaday's everywhere. I mean, even if you're shooting six Creedmoor, I've, I've seen it in Alaska. It's available. So it's, it's a nice fallback. You can do your hand loads and all that to save money to get up speed and all that. But in a pinch, you could default to factory ammo. And that's the benefit of it. I, I, I use Prime for everything. And, and people see it. They know it's in the video. 
Um, they, they, they do, they treat me really well, you, you know, make it available for me even when stuff's running low. If I need to get it, I, they'll dip into like personal stash to give it to me. So, but I'm not being bought and sold on that. I, I, the, the way I shot it, and here's the story, and Jim can tell you this, and I'll bring Jim on and let him, you know, I, I was short at a match. They were there, first time I ever met them. I borrowed a box. Worked out great for me. I ordered cases of it on my own. Didn't say anything. Didn't call them up and pull the Frank card. I rarely do that to people. If you get people who say, I called them up and pulled the Frank card, what do you got for me lately? They're full of shit. Because I normally don't do that. Okay? The, then I ordered a bunch of Prime up and it worked. And I and I immediately I did a video where most people have stuck their hand out. And that's like, you know, we're, we're talking with Prime and stuff. He, he says, you know, they don't give away their ammo to, to middle-aged white guys and and that's just the way it works why you see prime supporting all the junior shooters and the kids and the things they're all over supporting these series they're all over supporting the shooters and and that's another reason to, to support the company is because they are supporting these people so uh that question come up i'm gonna get into more detail on it with factory ammo um because it has been coming up i even have posts on youtube how are you doing that with factory ammo when everyone tells me I have to reload. There, there's definite benefits to reloading, but like I said, Prime 308, 175, SD at 8. Why would I go sit in front of a handle and pull it all day when I could pick up the phone and order it? That's my point. So anyway, alrighty guys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go a little bit. I got some stuff. I got work to do. Man, I got to work. Go, go figure that. Besides editing this and doing all this stuff. I hope you guys enjoy it. Thank you. Give Mike a call at Mile High. The classes are coming up. Everybody's moving classes stuff around. Guys, here's the thing with the classes. Um, we're fulled up to May. We're going into August now. But if you book a class with me anywhere, you're buying a ticket to a concert. You, we, you, you can't have somebody trying to drop out or move things around a week. Like the class is next week and people are trying to move stuff. We can't refund you. We can, there, There's logistics. There's stuff. If I'm traveling and flying, I'm putting, setting stuff up. I'm doing things for class. Okay. Dropping people out. It, 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 it really hurts the, the instructor side of things. If you book a class and then try to show up 10 days before or try to call up, I should say, call up 10 days before and cancel it. And then kind of get like, well, you know, I need my money back. Yeah, you bought a ticket, dude, to a concert. If you can't go to the concert, scalp the ticket. You know, we do offer people options to roll into another class, but sometimes those other ones are full too already. So now you're going to get pushed back and pushed back and pushed back again and almost run into the same situation. Understand your calendar. Understand our efforts. I mean, I'm, I'm working on stuff every day, tweaking PowerPoints, setting up targets, thinking about different things, you know. And, and like I said, if it's a travel situation, I've probably already booked hotels, booked flights, booked rental cars, things like that. So... 30 days out we're not letting anybody change anything so just an fyi marches march it was full but moved around if somebody wants a last minute of march i have a slot available one slot left for march next week 
If you're in Colorado and you want to roll into a class, get, let me know. Um, we can get you in. May's full. August is filling up. You know, we're going we're we're going out that far now. The next one's October. So that that's where we are with these classes. So think about the big picture. And it's not a personal thing again. I mean, a lot of this isn't personal to people, but it is business and how we have to do these things. And so that's all I'm saying is be conscious of you know of this. It works for matches too. You know, you sign up for a match and then you'll get people who say, hey, I can't come. I want my money back. Dude, these guys are working. They're matches. You can't cancel before the match and say, give me my money back. This guy's putting in effort. This guy's ordering shirts for you, food for you, sponsor stuff for you. Then you're saying, oh, I'm not coming. I want my, that's eh, not how that stuff works, man. I, I, I hate it. It's, it's not how I personally would want to do business, but it's the nature of how it is. So think about that. Think about both sides of that equation when, when, when you're calling, when you're, when you're signing up for classes in, in, in matches and different things that there, there, there are things on this side of the coin as well. We don't, we don't just kind of, you know, it's, it's not just there. It, it, it's effort. So, all right, guys, this has been Frank. Hey, Gary, that picture was funny, man. I appreciate that. You got to check out the picture. It was good. I wish I had a better look though. I'm in some like weird fuzzy hat i don't know some fleecy thing it's not very gangster but anyway this has been frank the everyday sniper everyday sniper and i'm hungry like a wolf